Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Ding dong. You hear the doorbell and it's like, what could that be? So you go answer the door and the delivery truck's driving away and there's a package on the porch and it's like, well, what the hell did I order this time? And bring in the house and you open it up and, oh my gosh, you even forgot ordering. These are fresh batteries for your wand. Damn, you get your wand back out and put the fresh batteries in and you start practicing. Poof, poof, and you wave the wand and your intention is fulfilled in that moment. Poof, poof in the instantaneous manifestation of intention and desire. Wow, wow, this changes everything. Well, now you can create in an instant, so everything on your um, life sucks because of X, Y, and Z, X, gone, Y, gone, Z, gone. Now you have a clean slate. Your past is cleaned up. Here you are, front and center. Now you can create whatever you want, whatever you want, in this moment. Well, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Tonight we've got a fantastic episode lined up. I'm so excited. The topic tonight is living a super-powered, multidimensional life. And our guest tonight is Tonya Don Rekla, and we're going to bring Tonya on in just a minute. But now let's go back to that notion of if you could really manifest, if you could really create the experience or situation or matter that you wanted in a flash, in other words, you could... You could accelerate the rate in which your desires become fulfilled. What would you want? I mean, I think it's real, for a lot of people, there's this default current of, well, I want to be happy. And maybe um, manifesting money or stuff, a house, a car, a, a spouse, or whatever, well, then I'll be happy. Poof, then I'll be happy. Poof, then I'll be happy. But not until, but not until. Is it going to be the promotion? Is it going to be winning the lotto? Is it going to be um, learning how to manifest whatever you want? I think it serves us to kind of noodle this kind of stuff over because if we don't spend any time thinking about it, we kind of, subconsciously put it in the future. I've I've got my I got my stuff I have to deal with. I still have this problem and that problem. And and we don't really <clears throat> paint a picture in our mind of what it's what would it look like? What would the experience feel like if we were totally authentic? to what we truly desire, not perhaps at the ego level, but maybe at a deeper a heart and at a soul level. Um, 
tonight's episode, I'm just, I think we should get right to it because I think we're going to run out of time. Well, not time, time's a myth anyway. Um, <laughs> let's get right to it. Tonya Don Reckla is the creator and executive director of the Superpower Network, the number one podcast network for inspired personal development. During her career as a counterintelligence special agent, she explored the human psyche, honed her superpowers, and cracked the code of enlightened self-actualization. She believes everyone has the power to create a multidimensional existence and master the human experience. Yes, right up the right up the alley of of what this show's been about for the last decade. You can learn more at superpowerexperts.com. Please join me in welcoming Tonya on the show. Welcome to the show, Tonya. Oh, Les, I adore you. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, let's start off with an abstract question. If your wand worked, what would you create? No, oh, my, I'm creating it. So my, my my wand does work. So the the goal there was uh, to to uh, live in complete harmony as much as I was capable at every stage of my development with the divine. Um, to put to to use my will to make God's will the prim, pri, the priority, the primary function, and um, and it's been a heck of a walk. <laughs> Well, now, you're talking about surrendering. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but to surrender your will to divine will. And and as a consequence of that, it's been one heck of a ride. What, how, how is it that um, you can get the ego to let go of its will, so to speak, I mean, how can we <laughs> how can we really enjoy our life if we surrender our will? It kind of seems counterintuitive, perhaps. It does to a lot of people, and and that's really, in my estimation, that's that's the temptation, right? Is to to first and foremost believe in that duality and state that there is a reason why the ego might be in conflict with that. So of course, that's what we see around us. That's what's modeled. That's what most of us are programmed in. And so we, we can understand where that comes from. Part of it is understanding the different kind of phases that we go through. So during a certain part of the phase, surrender is truly what it feels like, right? The whole Jesus take the wheel, the, the get into right. the flow, what, whatever, whatever people are feeling into, that's a really big part of, part of it, right? But there, there are different stages along the way, and it changes. That, that harmonic kind of um, dance that we get to do with the divine changes. And so... To answer your question about the ego piece, a lot of it is recognizing it for what it is, recognizing what it isn't, right, and also realizing that it in and of itself is limited. And so every time we allow the ego to be in charge, we're accepting the consolation prize. At a certain level of development, you learn, like, that's never going to satisfy you. And so the temptation to lean into the ego or to allow the ego to take the reins starts to feel kind of more and more ridiculous 
and ultimately that ceases to be a temptation. So it's a natural process. There's just there are just steps and developments along the way. Nice. Well, well spoken. I like that. Well, now in the topic that you chose, multidimensional life. Now, multidimensional is um, nonlinear. It's um, it it has it has some characteristics and traits that are totally foreign to the quote three D matrix unquote style that the ego likes. I mean, the ego, um, from my perspective. Uh, the untrained ego or disciplined um, wants to know what the outcome is, and it likes to base that <laughs> on what worked in the past. And so when we're in this 3D holodeck of mass or um, and and we're trying to negotiate all this all these uh, symbols, our ego contextualizes things through symbols. How how do we even begin to introduce a notion of a multidimensional consciousness or intelligence within our own persona to such a linear mind? Fabulous question. The, for a lot of folks, it starts off with some sort of kind of journeying, activation, whether it's an NDE, whether you you know, are greeted by an angel, uh, you know, you lick a frog and you have a, a, a wild ride or whatever it might be for you, whatever happened, right, to the awakening piece, right? There, There's some, for most people, there's some um, catalytic event that occurs for them. And, and, and then oftentimes it, it's just about when they're at their wit's end, right? It, it's like some of us have to check all of the human boxes and then finally kind of come clean with ourselves and realize, like, this isn't working. Like, <laughs> this isn't happening. And so I was kind of giggling when you were talking about, you know, the ego wants its assurance. It's all sense of security. And so, so when, when you go through these processes and, and, and you have, you know, time and time and time again, if you, if you can step back and do kind of an audit of your existence, you'll start to see that the stories your ego has been telling you about how things occurred, they're not accurate. Um, how the ego recalls things, the memories it has, the overlays that it puts on things aren't accurate, even for your own experience, but they become real. And so there's two things that are happening simultaneously. Your your highest aspect is having the experience of, of walking its path while your ego is having this other experience and making up all these stories about it. And right. the ego thinks that it understands cause and effect. If I do this, then this happens. When you take that observer role and you really start getting kind of critical about it, you go, okay, like just a simple exercise you can do is just say, okay, when did something amazing happen in my life, right? What, what can I remember that was amazing in my life? And then ask what you did to make it happen. And a lot of times what we'll start to see is this pattern. And maybe there's, there's a, an amazing thing that happened, and you, and you can really kind of feel like you're, you can take personal credit for it. But if you, you know, my challenge is to really do a, a clear and, and, and critical audit of your existence and look at all the miraculous things that have occurred when you were happiest, when you felt free, when you felt light, and, and really get honest with yourself about how much of that you did Right, and the, and the ego will say, "Well, I did this, and so this happened, and I did this." But but did you predict it? Did you predict it was going to turn out exactly that way? Most of the time, it, things go better. You know, if we're if we're saying it's this amazing, wonderful, miraculous thing that occurred in our life, it's usually bigger than we could have even thought it could have turned out. So so right. we start to look for those clues, right? It's it's 
it's not just fanciful. It's not esoteric. It's logic. Like it doesn't make sense. And and then you say, well, but this is what I thought it was. How you know? How could I think this? if perhaps there was some other element at play, some some energetic component, some divine component, whatever you want to attribute it to, it, it, that's one of the first steps to take beyond yourself. And what you realize as you continue on this journey is cause and effect never worked the way that the ego thinks. In fact, it's the complete opposite. Um, imagine it this way. Your, your body is as, as susceptible to the reverberations and repercussions of the projection, as is every other material thing. So it can't create. It is is a byproduct of creation. So who's creating and where is the creation happening? When you choose to go down those rabbit holes, it starts to become more and more clear that what you thought had been going on your entire existence was actually the byproduct of what was really going on. So while your life was happening without you, you, you accepted a, a consolation story about it. And, and, and then that opens up a lot of inquiry. But ultimately the key is a, a relationship with the divine is what allows you to start to see all of these things. Right. Well, you talk about uh, discernment and perhaps critical thinking. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but – but there's a point where um, um, through observation, uh, astute observation, you can start to see the undercurrent or the perhaps base current of, of the uh, process of manifestation. It, a lot of times when our ego um, desires a better outcome, we want to feel better about our life, and, and we put attributes on it like when I get married, when I get promoted, when I uh, whatever. Um, our minds are, are, I'm not here to beat up on the ego, but <laughs> our minds just can't comprehend really, really what is possible and and so it's it's fine to 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 set an intention but uh, i'd like to hear you talk about um how the outcome might not look at look as what you thought it might be and you know i mean it's like sometimes um if we want to feel good it's to do something our ego never would have thought of can you speak to that Absolutely. So I, I, in my words, I think what, what I would frame it up as is ultimately we're all seeking that, um, I'm going to call it fulfillment, satisfaction. Like I do think that it kind of goes beyond just being happy because there is, there is a yearning. There, we all have that light inside of us, no matter how dim it may seem at, at times, that, that calls to the bigger light, if you will. And until that connection occurs in a consciously aware way for every individual, they will always feel dissatisfied. And so it's really important to recognize that all the ego wants to continue to be concerned about something. It wants control, but it, it isn't designed to have it. It's not, it, it doesn't have the right architecture for, for control. It's, it's a poor representative of that. And when you realize the ego for what it is, and we need it, like the, we need the persona. That's how we interact with people. That's how we move through yeah. the world. 
the key is to it's not a good decision maker um it's not a good um it's not a good purveyor of truth it, it's it's designed to keep you safe uh, to more importantly it's designed to to keep itself safe and so it it does evolve with you but that's the key right we're we're all living two different existences simultaneously like i spoke to you're living the persona or the ego that that's experiencing life step by step moving forward but you're also experiencing life as your divine aspect that has already been way ahead of where you're going and has walked itself back to guide you if you can connect those two pieces now you're in wholeness and they work really well in harmony together but you have to first know yourself as that divine aspect and that's where as i mentioned before some people have, have an interaction or or maybe in prayer or worship or, or meditation or, or in a journey or whatever they're doing they do feel that but then they accept that they have to go back to real life well who said right and who gets to say what's real and so so when i talk about mastering the human existence it's first and foremost recognizing that you can master it that the human existence isn't the only thing happening here and and in order to see a multidimensional existence and and dare i say have the ability to choose which dimension you want to be operating in in, in at what period of time then you have to first and foremost be willing to even entertain the notion that you have ability power that you are a creator that you are imbued with divinity just as is promised in every spiritual religious text out there right we the 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 promise of uh, this is part of you right this this is how we were made but it takes courage to pursue life from that vantage point beautiful i love this well now um i'm no sproctologist but a lot of religions um tout salvation or they tout heaven at some future moment in time and yet when you talk about our divine aspect or our wholeness if you will it it seems to me heaven and hell is a right now today kind of thing <laughs> how um do you find that um your perception of accomplishment or your perception of quote salvation unquote has shifted as you've uh, evolved through this um, unfolding of yourself oh absolutely for sure that the growth and development of the persona as it as it gets comfortable with remembering um takes many many phases and not just me i mean this is work that we've we've supported thousands of people through this um the similarities of the walk are so i mean everybody is unique and everybody has their own variability and and ultimately the only one who can tell you what what your walk is going to look like is the divine what whatever you connect into if it's god or source or spirit or christ or 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 the universe or whatever you want to call it my recommendation is that you allow it to be as personal as you possibly can get with it because it's in that personalization where you start to see the divine in you you start to see you reflected in the divine and you start to see that in those around you and you realize that the the people who are around you are an aspect of you you are connected and and so it really kind of twists things for for the ego a little bit 
to recognize that this separate sort of existence that we've been in really isn't all that there is. And so the the biggest key with that is allowing yourself to, to move through various ways of understanding things. And so I was raised in a Christian home and got baptized young, um, not at an infant. I was, I was in awareness. I went through a confirmation class. But I, but I was the one who was like, oh, wait, I don't get this. Like, wait, you mean every, not, not everybody or it includes everybody? But then what, where are these rules from and why do I have to do this? And, and I always had this personal relationship with God, and the church just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but Jesus did. Like, I, I connected with him. Like, I get, like, he's, like, big brother, you know. I was like, thank you. Thank you for showing me some way of being here. Now, not everyone connects into that particular pathway. There are others, but the, but the truth of what um, that story shares and tells us is that the way Christ modeled it is the only way, right? The only way is to know yourself as that, right? And And so – that that's a heady thing, and especially if you grew up in a church, um, it, it's a heady thing because even though they're um, in so the even though the teachings are the same, how you understand it at all these different frequencies changes. So, for example, I, I I love the Bible, right? Our family, we just read the whole Bible again all the way through. But but the difference is, I don't read the words in the Bible. I listen to God tell me how to interpret the words of the Bible. Um, I don't watch movies. I, I let God tell me how to interpret what I'm seeing in the movie. I don't have a conversation with somebody. I let God tell me how to receive that conversation and how to respond. I don't ever have to think about it. I just have to stay in conversation with the divine. And as long as I do that, I get to have this amazing, miraculous existence here, and I get to be delighted in all the wonderful things that occur because I'm choosing to be obedient to that. If my ego takes hold, it never really works out well. <laughs> and so right. so I've just learned over time resistance isn't just futile, futile it's painful. So, so it's not just salvation. It's salvation in the sense of recognizing that we don't have to live in these hell loops that we create for ourselves. Um, we just did an episode on our family show, Reclamation. Our daughter, she's 11, she hosted it. And um, she's phenomenal identifying her own hell loops. She's like, this is a hell loop I created. I'm, I, I, I got to get out of this. Like, like she, she uses an example. Like she lost her AirPods like three times in the same day. She came to me and she goes, I'm stuck in a hell loop. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And, 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 and it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek sort of thing. But she, she was able to identify that she wasn't paying attention, right? And so ra- it, it wasn't blame. It wasn't anything else. But she could easily see where this was showing her, like, if she just – slow down a little bit and paid attention, she would remember where she put it, right? So it may sound like a superficial thing, but she identified it, and she was able to take some responsibility and say, I, I think I can change this, right? Rather than, oh, she's a victim or, you know, the, the fairies keep coming and stealing her AirPods or, you know, life is hard or, or what the heck's wrong, you know, we could go to all those places or we could say, okay, really, like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, like, I'm the common denominator. What am I doing here? Um, and, and so, so I, I love what you said about the concept of hell and heaven being present now. And that is essentially the concept of the multidimensional existence is we get to choose. Very nice. Well, you know, the notion of the uh, higher intelligence or a higher wisdom or a higher perspective within our own persona 
I mean, it, it said flat out, the kingdom of heaven is within, the Father and I are one, now, today, and, <laughs> and there's a sense of, uh, um, I like to call it grace or eloquence that happens when, mm. when that, that higher consciousness kind of uh, permeates the crevices that your ego previously occupied. And the more you embody your soul or embody source consciousness into your persona, there's a sense of ease. There's a sense of peace. Mm. There's a sense of... Um, I'm I'm fine. I'm uh, I'm eternal. I'm I'm whole. I'm complete now. There's nothing in the future that will make me more of that. And and so it kind of takes the um, I don't know the like the rat race out of it or the well damn it I gotta I gotta toe the line or I'm gonna go to hell on on resurrection day or whatever. Um, how, how do you find your relationship with your own life evolve as you open up to a multidimensional life? Mm, it, it's, yeah, I, I don't even know that we have words to describe. I, I love how you spoke. I, I mean, I think that the concept of ecstasy comes to mind. It, it, it's a sense of um, living beyond, so being in the world but not of it, like, like you get to play here. You get to have all the experiences. You know, one, one of the biggest temptations of the ego is to believe that if you relax into this and if you really align your will with God's will, that things are boring. Well, I sound quite the opposite. Like, there, there's, a, there's a place of beingness that we can't even describe, right? Like, like your ego has no ability to comprehend what lies ahead of you. It, it's it says those things because it doesn't know, right? It's not evil. It just doesn't know. And and if you can connect into your own divine aspect, and, and you can through meditation, through prayer, like you don't have to go to extreme measures. You just have to start opening that conversation. And if you do, your your path will open up to you. And, and it's, you know, we don't we don't have to worry about things so much. Like it, it, it's there's not a single conversation that I've ever had with somebody where they didn't get that it, they were running themselves ragged for no good reason, like totally unnecessarily. And it's like, you know, have you considered this approach or maybe this perspective? And it's like, oh, like that's there too. But when we're stuck in that looking from the bottom up perspective, we just don't have the vantage point. When you connect into universal knowingness, your your perspective is so much broader. Like you can see twenty steps ahead. That's the that's really the secret to the network and what we do over at Superpower Experts is that we reverse engineer everything from a divine vantage point. Like it's flawless. Like it can't fail. And so it, it, these things work a hundred percent of the time if you let them inform your relationships, if you let them inform your businesses, if you let them inform your your career path. They it will provide you a lighted path every single time. Your work is in continually remembering to choose that, and there's a whole attunement process that goes along with that, which you and I talked about on our, the Science of Superpowers show when we discussed antenna theory and energetics because part of it is is that as we've lived in these third-dimensional realities, like we truly believe that we're these solid bodies and that we're separate from yeah. each other. That is true at a certain level. That, that 
that is real at a particular level, but it's not truth and it's not everything that we are. And that's why I always want to make sure to give voice to the multidimensionality of things because as long as we're still incarnate here, we can access all of those frequencies. It's what we've agreed to. It's how we connect in with people. But you get to choose where you camp out. You get to choose where you're going to build from. And if you want to build in despair and victimization and the world is tough and everything's wrong with the world, then that's what you're going to get back. It's really that simple. Right. Well, and and w- in the multidimensional aspect, our physical body is how we ground the experience. And, you know, the um, it for me, I quite a while ago, I noodled the the continuity of my consciousness. It's like, um, thank God, it's not up to my ego. My, in fact, my ego has no say whatsoever. My ego cannot sway the continuity of my consciousness. I can I can go play in the center lane of the interstate in a busy rush hour day and 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 yet the continuity of my consciousness continues no matter what I choose at the ego level. And so I'm safe. I'm safe. I can't break myself mm. from the ego perspective. Right. I can't break myself, period. But That's right. now in your in the show description it talks about uh to master the human experience and um and crack the code of enlightened self actualization. How would you describe enlightenment? Oh, great question. Um I mean really truly it's in the word itself because the light aspect is what dictates that and there's a lightening up of the the mind of the body um our bodies alter our our um kind of our extrasensory perceptors start to come online there's a light the density gets reduced and so you know as you know right lower frequencies higher frequencies right there's a density and as you as you walk these paths and develop yourself and attune yourself, you start to feel the movement of the frequencies and they operate differently. And so enlightening really truly means lightening both light, like, like luminescence on, on, the, on, the, on that spectrum, but also in terms of the density. And, and when we are in worry or anxiety or when we, um, when we feel down, you know, all of those, all of that stuff is, there's a weightedness to them um, when we um, when we're concerned with things like body image or what others might think of us when we get into social media, like like all of the things that like to tug us down into the depths, right? Because energy seeks to balance itself, and it's so much easier to get yanked into these lower frequencies than to kind of stay in a higher frequency and, and sort of uplift the environment to it. And, and so there's, there's real sort of work that goes along with that um, in typical kind of circles is that the spiritual aspect tends to stay removed from the personal development access, uh, you know, kind of perspective. And what we found is that you, you cannot separate the two. You only get half the story. And so the enlightened self-actualization comes down to there is a personal development. Like you have to develop the person so that it can stay consciously aware of what the consciousness is doing, right? 
but most people in in in, in these walks kind of content themselves with just being able to access things mentally, right? Well, well, that wasn't what Christ said, right? He's greater things than, than these you also shall do. Like that, there's a manipulation effect for the environment and for, for the material world that, that we are well endowed to play with. We just almost never dare to, to think of ourselves in that way. And that's another trick of the ego. It's like it's like in 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 early development, thinking that your your this this big deal is is egotistical. But then once you hit a certain point of your own development, not thinking of yourself as your divine aspect is egotistical. You know, and so you have to be willing to right. grow and develop and change your assumptions along the way. And saying, you know, in my book, uh, the science of superpowers, I talk about how. Um, you know, it's 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 one of the easiest things to do is to get kind of side railed by this desire to stay small. But for those of us who have touched the hand of God, that you know, had all of the, those people, like we know, we can feel it. We sense people energetically first. And so, if you're one of those individuals who's on this path and you're playing small materially, what you're doing is you're confirming for everybody that it's not safe to to be that in the world. So for those of us who walk these paths, we're obligated to show up in our brilliance because otherwise everybody watching us is saying, well, they're not doing it. So, And then they, they talk about it, but they're not doing it, right? They, and, and we can sense that. We know the incongruities. And, and so, so, but it is sort of, it feels heretical. It feels, you know, like, like egotistical. It feels like all those things. But, but the key that gets you over that hump is, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what the world says about you and what your persona says about you? Or are you going to believe what God says about you? And the only way you can determine that is if you are talking with God. And and if you listen and you continue in that relationship, you will quickly understand that that's not how God sees you. And And, and then you have to have the courage to say, I want to see myself as you see me. And once you're willing to make that commitment, everything changes. And once you make that commitment and you get a little traction with it, then there's <laughs> you've tasted the fruit. There's no going back. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> ego life seems quite mundane. Well, now, you oh, talk about talking, talking with God. I mean, there, there's the notion of prayer, you know, um, um, I know billions of prayers have been prayed about, you know, uh, God, it kind of sucks living on earth because there's so much pain and suffering yeah. in the human narrative. Can you come save our fannies? And uh, <laughs> can you talk about the the mechanism of prayer and how you see it as a, a vehicle or a um, uh, an asset, so to speak, that we can uh, tap into. Uh, absolutely, I heard. I heard the answer to that, and it's been there, done that. You know, that was God saying, "I did come in and save you." Like you're just continually choosing to create hell loops. Um, anyway, so 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 to be very clear, folks, I talk about God, I talk about Christ, but it has not always been the Christian journey for me. In fact, I. I, I've had many, many, many butting up against with, with, with churches, organized religion, with Christianity in and of itself. 
Um, my, my experience with it is far more expansive, but I left the church. I came back to church. I left the church. Again. Like, I, I just wasn't real clear on what that relationship was going to be, and I traversed in many, many different circles. Our family went to Burning Man three years in a row. Neva was seven, eight, and nine. Um, you know, but I do the woo-woo, the esoteric part of my activation period was full of all kinds of god and goddess imagery, mermaids and dolphins, the matrix, like the cosmos. Like, so when I talk about God, I mean about as big of a container as we can possibly comprehend. And, and so when I talk about prayer, it's not a, a, it's, it's not a um, theological conversation. I use prayer as that constant dialogue. With God. In fact, we had to have a conversation here in our house about, you know, I may be sitting here looking like I'm doing nothing, but I'm in a constant conversation. And so to not disturb that, like to, to respect that and to, to kind of say, hey, can I, can I have your attention? Um, and to give everybody in the family that sort of um, flexibility and freedom to engage with spirit. In fact, we dedicated Saturdays as our spiritual Saturdays, and that means no obligations for anybody. Everybody go be with spirit in the way that you want to be with spirit and whatever you feel called to. That's your time for your walk because we're very consciously aware of how we choose to commune together as a family. And so, we, you know, we pray before eating as a, as a mindfulness thing. Um, prayer takes many, many different forms. Sometimes it's it's in it's worth listening to music, you know, and letting spirit kind of move through you. That can be a form of prayer. For me, it's a constant conversation, and I didn't realize um, my whole life. I, I wasn't always consciously aware that that's what was going on. Um, I didn't realize that not everybody does that. Um, I had no clue that not everybody had this voice in their head that was always telling them what to do. Like I really didn't know. I just assumed everybody was, was, was having the same experience I was having. I believe everybody's having that experience. I just don't think everybody's consciously aware of it. Um, and so for me, prayer is, is I don't have to stop to pray. I don't stop to meditate. I don't, I'm in constant connection. If I find myself out of it, I don't do anything else until I reconnect into it. Um, if something triggers me out of it, my only job in that moment is to reconnect into it. Um, and so it takes incredible awareness and a willingness to understand yourself, your abilities. Um, you know, it's part of the whole body of work that we use over at the superpower world because what, who we help are the people who, you know, those abilities are coming online. They, they don't understand why they're hearing other people's thoughts. They don't know why they're seeing these visions. And they, they don't know why they're seeing entities. They don't know who's talking to them. You know, they, they really they don't know how they know that something's going to happen, you know, they don't know how they're, they're levitating, you know, they really don't understand it, and it can create a lot of fear, but it doesn't need to, we don't, we never need to be afraid, as long as we're in that relationship with the divine, and, and we let the divine tell us what's going on, and, and talk to us, and show us, like, there's nothing to fear, what, what you were talking about earlier is the magical moment that happens when we transcend death, you knowing that if your body dies, it just doesn't matter. But so many of us are entrapped in that fear of death component. Every decision we make comes from that place, whether we are in awareness that that's the root of it or not. And until we're willing to see ourselves beyond the physical body, we will always be afraid of death because death is cessation to the physical body. That, that's why the anxiety, that's why the fear, that's why all of these things keep happening. I call it whack-a-mole. Like, it doesn't matter what the topic is, the root of it is identical. 
Right. You know, it'll come up as, as money problems, relationship problems, career problems, whatever. It doesn't matter. The topic is inconsequential. The fear at the heart of it is that I'm going to die, and I don't know what that means. You'll always feel that way unless you create a relationship with the divine and are able to live beyond the physical. Nice. Well, um, the the notion of fear has come up in this conversation, and um, the collective consciousness has certainly had the rototiller effect over the last year and a half or whatever, <laughs> and 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 there's so much um, effort to capture the consciousness of the um, ignorant, so to speak. Um, as your career in the counterintelligence special agent's role, um, give us some tips about how we can have a more discerning way. I mean, now, now you talk about being connected with the divine. Not everybody has that uh, experience. For the rank and file persona, how do you? How do you navigate such a, a storm of, of information, and clearly some of it is incongruent? Uh, can you give us some tips? Absolutely. Uh, my first advice would be go read an article I wrote called We Did This. It's on, my, it's on the Superpower Expert site. The, and the reason I say that is because the quickest way to kind of walk yourself out of that kind of tumultuousness is to acknowledge your own complicitness in it. Um, when you choose to engage in social media thoughtlessly in the sense of allowing it to sort of be your autopilot and, and you consume um, without conscious awareness, that, that takes a toll. It, it sinks in. You are either energetically manipulating an environment or being manipulated by it in every scenario. And so if you're not consciously aware and thinking about what you're doing and you're consuming, whether it's a, a news report, whether it's an, a, a mass media, whether it's social media, whether it's your friend who's complaining about something, it doesn't matter. When, when you blindly follow and without any thought about it, when you take things at, at face value without saying, mm, wait, that, that doesn't quite sound logical, when you share something without thinking about the consequences, when you, um, you know, engage in something without really ascertaining, is this taking me closer to where it is that I say I want to go, or is it leading me astray from that? Um, when you erupt in anger with someone you care about and you don't acknowledge that and atone for it and apologize and do all the necessary things to repair that and, and you shove it under the rug and, and you keep building on top of it, at some point, you're going to have to face the fact that that was all within your power. Now, a relationship with the divine is the easier way to handle this because you, through that, you don't have to go through all the shame and the guilt and the, and the regret and all that from the same place. You have to reimagine those things, but you get to see it yourself through the eyes of, of that divine aspect and therefore it, it doesn't feel as personal when you see the shenanigans of the persona. So, so when you talk about people who, who don't have the experience of, of being connected into the divine, the only way to get to the thing that you say that you want and ultimately what your heart is crying out for 
is to acknowledge that the only thing keeping you from that is you. And it's not in the way that you think. You don't have to try harder. You don't have to work harder. You don't have to pound the pavement more. You don't have to grind it out more. You have to let go. And when you realize that social media is not the place to get your spiritual advice and um, you realize that the uh, articles or the news that, that you're listening to aren't truth, I mean, being a counterintel agent, it's like it was undeniable that what people thought they were learning of truth about what was going on in our world, it wasn't true. And I knew it wasn't true because I knew what was true. And so that what we're being said is on purpose. And and we don't even have to go into conspiracy theories. We're all complicit in this. It can't happen without us saying we prefer to be miserable, so please keep giving us more to be miserable about. I know that sounds harsh because so many people fell out of control during the pandemic, but what we saw was a very clear divide between the cans and the cannots. And what I mean by that is those who can access that inner peace that connection with divine, were able to and experienced amazing creative waves and opportunities. Those who could not were bowled under by it. And it was a very, very clear divine. And that's the power in understanding that multidimensional existence. It's not that things don't happen in the world, but you're able to live beyond them. You see the lighted path in it. And I've never seen a divide as clear as what we witnessed with the pandemic. And and in my world, that means that was an invitation. And what's beautiful is following that, we're seeing a large number of people. I mean, our network doubled during the pandemic. We're now at almost 4.5 million downloads monthly. People are starving for hope, for truth, for realness, for something beyond what they're being fed in most traditional outlets. And so that's that's proof positive that there's something inside of us that is calling out to that. Listen to it, take heed, and start taking steps in that direction. If this feels so far out of reach for you, recognize that there was a point when it felt out of reach for me too. But you got to start, and that is on you. Nice. Well, you know, um, I'm, I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit. The the temporal timeline of humanity on planet Earth, I mean, you don't have to go back that many years, a couple hundred years, which is a flash of an eye, uh, you, you know, a blink of an eye in the big scheme of things. And we're riding around on horses and communicating by putting ink on paper and fast forward today. And I mean, just imagine if Leonardo da Vinci had a 3D printer or, I mean, there's a guy walking around on the planet that's intending to colonize Mars. This is a personal individual, not a government agency. I mean, what I'm getting at is we live in such a rich environment of opportunity and and with the, the collective consciousness hungry for a more authentic story there's um i know the source doesn't use currency as its primary measurement but there's trillions and trillions of dollars of opportunity to create new new narratives that are more harmonious more authentic more nurturing to our innate divinity how do you see the archetypes of like the hero or the alchemist or mystic 
maybe redefining themselves in these next chapters of our human story? What a fantastic question. I, the, the, what I see envisioning forward is everything centers around our ability to work together. Um, uh, the very, very, very clear guidance that I received um, in this whole superpower universe that's now been created and is, and is flourishing was um, bring everyone into the same conversation, get everyone to work together, those were the two main directives. And then as soon as I started being faithful to that, after a lot of obstinance, <laughs> God and I had many come to Jesus talks. Uh, I was displeased. I was like, I am a professional. I was a counterintelligence agent. We were running a corporate counterintelligence firm. I'm like, I'm not talking about woo-woo stuff. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be an intuitive coach. Like, you must be crazy, right? Like, those, those were the conversations we were having. Um, but then after the um, obedience kicked in um, and, and I just started stepping onto that path, more and more directives came. And so what, what I was incredibly privileged to experience is how to create models and reimagine things and re, reformulate those narratives in ways that are in harmony with, in alignment with divine design. When you start tapping into this stuff, you see it everywhere. Divine design works over and over and over and over and over again. And the best way I can explain it is that it's in alignment. It's in harmony. There's a, there's a tone to it. There's a resonance to it. There's a, um, a feeling to it. There's an essence to it. And that's why it's so important that we start opening up those extrasensory perceptors because otherwise you can't really feel it, right? And so you're, you're left leaning into that persona that we talked about in, in your decision-making, and it's never a good idea to lean into your persona for decision-making. It's, it's along for the ride. And so when, you, when you're able to, to sense those things, you can start to see where systems are breaking down. I mean, make no mistake about it, the pandemic showed us every freaking system that we have needs to get reworked. Like, without fail, everyone is built on a faulty foundation, and what it's showing us is that we built in material foundations which was what we knew to do, that's fine, but it's not going to survive moving forward. Um, a while back I made the prediction that the only organizations that are going to survive moving forward are those who can stay ahead of both consciousness and technology, um, at least continue to ride those waves. You have to be able to marry those two things up. You have to understand innovation, material sense, and you also have to re relentlessly pursue those div divine harmonics. If you don't, it won't work. And, and so, well, what the heck does that mean, Tonya, right? It means making sure that everything that you're doing, whether it's in your personal life, in your business, um, whatever it is that you're contributing to, first and foremost, you're looking for that light, right? You have to start developing your ways of, of having that conversation. And, and so the role of the mystics moving forward, the role of the gurus and everyone else who's stepping up into these spaces is we've got a lot of work to do, but... But it's not, it's not like, oh, let's, we have to roll up our sleeves and we have to, to grunt it out. We have to first and foremost get really quiet so that we can receive the guidance to know what action to take. There's work involved. You have to, you get put into motion. You're, in fact, uh, we create universes in, in a blink of an eye over here. It's, it, it's remarkable. You get exponentially more done. They, they call it frequency for a reason, right? It just speeds up until you manifest faster and faster and faster and faster but that only works if you can stay in that flow. If you, if you bump yourself out because of some fear component or some um, 
something you're not willing to listen to or look at, then, then it, you're going to take a little pause and, and, and spirit's going to allow you to course correct, correct and, and, and then you're going to get back on track. Um, as long as you do that, you'll continue. I mean, the guidance that I got was like down to the detail, right? Everyone has to be able to leave. Everything has to evolve. Every individual in the organization and the organization itself. We can't do sales the same way everybody else does. We can't do marketing the same way everybody else does. Those downloads were organic. We, we can't have advertisers and be dependent on those dollars in the same way everybody else does. We, we can do it, but we have to listen to how to do it. And so it takes incredible right. courage to go left when everyone else is going right, but that, those are the individuals who are stepping forward right now and making huge impacts in spaces that really need that influence. Very nice. Well said. Well, an hour can fly by pretty fast, and uh, <laughs> I want to make sure the audience knows about you, your platform, everything you have to offer. Can you give us the, the whole picture? Beautiful. Well, there's a lot going on in this superpower universe. We probably should call it the multiverse. Um, we have amazing teams over there. The, the best way to get started with us is to go to superpowerexperts.com and join the superpower universe. That's the greatest way to interact with us. Certainly listen to the network. You can listen there or on all the, your favorite podcast players. Um, that's, a, that's our gift to you. That's a way to attune yourself, right? We recommend everybody listen to at least one episode a day. It's, a, it's a, an entire attunement process to the fact that there are bigger conversations happening. There's more going on in the world than, than what our myopic persona perspectives try to tell us. Um, but the superpower universe is where you're going to get to really play with us. And what's beautiful about that is that you get to interact with our team, our, our coaches, and some of our hosts um, each month in our, in our gathering. But you also get a copy of every book that we release. And so it's starting with the science of superpowers. And along the way, you're going to get to listen to the audio files as part of that membership, even before the book gets released. So you're, you're going to get to be kind of live as I'm recording them and stuff. And so we wanted to make it more of an interactive experience for folks. So if you're looking for information that, and this, and this conversation resonates you, with you, we would, we would invite you to join us over there, and we'd love to have you. Beautiful. Well, do you have any closing thoughts for our audience tonight? Well, I just want to make sure that your audience knows how incredibly fortunate they are to have you. Um, I think that it's, it's important to, to bear witness to the fact that you are an incredibly beautiful being here and, and you're doing really important work and you've diligently um, kept at it and, and we need that. And, and so my hat's off to you and I really appreciate you and, I, and I'm so pleased that our paths have crossed um, and and I, I, just, I hope that that's not lost on your audience. I really seriously doubt that it is. Um, but you're delightful. And, and, and so, folks, listen and, and share. What, what Les is doing here matters, and people need this. They, they need to, to whatever it's going to take to give them hope to live beyond their current circumstances. And, and so I delight in you, and, and I'm so grateful for the experience to come back and, and chat with you. Well, thank you for those kind words. Well, Tonya, it's mm -hmm. been my pleasure. This this conversation has been just un, uh, hard to express delight because I I love the mm -hmm. the deeper the deeper conversation, 
the the more poignant um, approach to our divinity and the inherent power within us. So I want to thank you for being our guest. It's been my sheer pleasure having you on as our guest tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Les. We've been talking with Tonya Don Rekla, and what a fun show. I just, I knew we were going to bust the gate down and just belt it out. I think people are really hungry for a, uh, a more blunt or bold or kind of um, just to the point languaging of the nature of things, the sugar-coated idea of dispensing our truth just won't um, do it any justice because, um, at, I mean, like we've been talking about for the last decade, we're, we're the personification of source consciousness. And uh, we can't really language the potential of that with symbols and language. It, it's really beyond our comprehension. And and uh, Tonya was um, so eloquent in describing the, her own personal experience of of letting go and and more fully embodying the divinity of who she is. Um, I, I love episodes like this because it's there's so much content and <laughs> it's 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 so much fun. It's certainly where my passion lies. I want to thank you, the listener, for showing up for yourself. You you decided to listen to this episode and you decided to expose yourself to an opportunity to have a deeper understanding of just how powerful you are as a, a, the personification of source consciousness. And the human genome that you have is a divine idea of, of what it means to personify in physical form the infinite potential of our creator. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. You can learn more about me at newhumanliving.com. That's a platform I created to showcase you, to grow you, to to help you discover your own divinity. And you can learn more about me, myself, and I at lesjensen.com. Thanks for joining us tonight. Always a pleasure. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.